Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Exit 8 podcast. You're here today with me, John, and of course, uh, if you have listened to the other podcasts, you will know that I am indeed a former far-right member. Now, in today's podcasts, we're going to look into sort of broken family relationships and how sometimes, you know, a family relationship can be broken or on the verge of breaking even before somebody gets involved in the far-right. Now, um, of course, we've got Sarah, who is a, is sort of our expert on, um, you know, family, family relationships, and she's done loads of podcasts based around family relationships, and for those of you who don't know, she's actually my mum as well, so she talks um, in quite good depth uh, regarding our relationship and how that broke relating to the far right, so... Um, if you do want to go and check that out, please do feel free. There's multiple podcasts done by her. They're all absolutely fantastic. And you can find them over on our Spotify if you do want to go and check those out. So, um, the first sort of the first sort of thing that pops into my mind when you think of you know relationships that are on the verge of breaking before somebody gets involved in the far right is the influence of a male role model. Now, something that we found from people coming to us over at Exit Hate, and something that was the case with me as well, was a lot of these, you know, predominantly young lads, you know, it happens in girls too, but predominantly young lads will have an issue with the male role model in their life. Now, that could be that the, you know, the, the birth dad, uh, you said the right word, birth dad, I think it is, that the birth dad wasn't around uh, during their childhood, it could be that they don't get along with the stepdad, uh, it might just be that they've never had a male role model, um, and, and you know this is the case with a lot of these these you know young lads, and it was the case with me as well. Um, you know, uh, going into you know a little bit of my personal life, you know I uh, never had that sort of birth dad figure around. Um, I was never bothered by that, but um, it meant you know that there was a lot more pressure on my mum. Let's say uh, there was a lot more pressure on my mum to fill fill both of those roles. Um, and when you sort of don't have that male role model around and that good positive influence, you know, there's, you know, almost this subconscious duty to step up and be the man of the house. Um, and that's something, you know, that I was from a very, very young age. You know, I was, you know, the the only lad around, you know, it's little things that you don't think of, you know. Uh, little things as you're getting older, like teaching yourself how to shave, teaching yourself how to do these things that you know dad would normally do. Uh, you know, sort of things like when learning sports, having to learn them myself. You know, using YouTube tutorials and things like that. You know, that that that's the sort of thing that that you know male role model uh, should be around for. And I think it really does breed alpha male lads. Um, and you know, I do talk about this a lot. Uh, you know, it it puts that more killer instinct in you, it puts that more, you know, that, that more alpha role in you, and uh, it's something that, you know, I definitely do have, even to this day, where, you know, I do look out for others a lot more, you know, I, I've got that sort of, um, that nature about me to protect and to oversee everything, and, uh, and you know, that that might not be a great trait to have, it might be, I, I don't really know. Um, but, you know, not having that male role model around really does, in my opinion anyway, breed you into that alpha male. Um, and that is something that the far right look for. You know, they look for these, you know, uh, alpha guys, you know, these very dominant, um, these, these sort of very dominant, strong male uh, figures. Uh, and that's something they, that, that they look for and they want to recruit. So I feel like not having that male role model around really does, um, you know, 
really does set you up to be recruited by the far right potentially. Now something else that I felt um, put a huge amount of strain on Madame Wong's relationship was the school and exam pressure. Now I've talked you know quite a lot in these podcasts and you can probably tell I wasn't the biggest fan of my to say the least I wasn't the biggest fan of my high school I'm still not to this day um you know as an adult I can now look back and I can realize some of the things that they did was you know very much you, you know let's just say not great um and one thing that you know I thought they did uh, a lot was as a lower achieving student you know as a student that I'll be honest with you, I had absolutely no hope of getting a C. Uh, you know, no hope of getting a GCSE and things like maths and English. Um, I felt like they put unnecessary pressure uh, on my mum to try and motivate me. So a lot of the times uh, she'd get a call about my behaviour, uh, which is quite right, by the way. I'm not slating the school for calling about my behaviour. They had, you know, they absolutely had a right to do that. Uh, in school, I was a troublemaker. I was a class clown. Um, I was just a nuisance. So they 100% had the right to um, to call up and, uh, and have an issue about my behaviour. But one thing that I felt that they did a lot was um, that they would, you know, put unnecessary pressure really into my exam results. You know, like I said, I was a low achieving student. I had no hope of getting a GCSE, and I felt like a lot of the time there was um, they were sort of putting pressure on my mum to motivate me, um, and that was that was just never going to happen. You know, uh, and and I felt like that that really did put a lot of strain on our relationship because the school was you know telling my mum, oh yeah, you can get a C, no problem, this sort of stuff. When they know they knew themselves, I had no chance. Um, and so my mum got the belief that I could get that C, uh, and she was constantly pressuring me, constantly sort of um, talking to me about it. And it's something that, you know, I, I knew I couldn't do, and ultimately I didn't do. You know, I, d- I didn't get anywhere near a C. Um, and again, I feel like that was just a very, a very unnecessary, um, I won't say tactic, but a very unnecessary thing for the school to do. Um, you know, ultimately, it's their job to motivate kids. They failed to do that with me, um, through, you know, very poor teaching standards. But I won't go into that. Uh, but you know, they failed to do that, and I feel like they tried to put that pressure, you know, onto my mom, take some of the pressure off themselves. Um, and because of that, it did it did have a big effect on our relationship. We was constantly arguing about school, um, about these GC- GCSEs and things like that. Um, and yeah, I feel like the school and exam pressure really did uh, sort of. You know, put strains on our relationship, which is very unnecessary to do so. I think another thing that really did affect it was um, I was spending a lot of time away from home. Um, a lot of my friends lived very close to my grandparents' house, and um, that's where I spent a lot of my time. You know, when I was going out with my mates, so a lot of the time I would just stay over at my grandparents' house. Um, and you know, this happened a lot towards the back end of my high school. Um, and again, that was part of the reason as well. Uh, going back to the exam pressure and the school pressure, um, that's why I enjoyed staying at my grand's house a lot more because, you know, they wouldn't be calling my grandparents, they'd, you know, they'd be calling my mum and I could get away from her nagging me about school because school is something that I hated with a passion. Uh, so I could sort of get away from that and I could, uh, you know, almost almost relax in school a little bit because, you know, when you're in an environment that you hate, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day, however long you're in school for, then you come home and you're getting it again, um, it, it does weigh heavy on you and, uh, you know, that's why, again, I spent, you know, a lot of time at my grandparents' house. Um, you know, there was a period where I was only coming home for, you know, a Saturday evening and 
you know, Sunday up until lunchtime and then go back to my grandparents again to walk to school uh, on the Monday with my friends. So, you know, I was spending at times less than 24 hours at home uh, during a week. So, um, you know, spending that time away from home definitely, you know, did put, you know, cracks in our relationship again, just simply because I wasn't, you know, there to to build that relationship and, and when I was there, you know, for those 24 hours a lot of the times, discussions would go to school, they would go to, uh, you know, exams and things like that um, and my behaviour at school and the arguments would break out and yeah, you know, for a long time I just, I, I, I didn't enjoy coming home. But, you know, after all these, you know, after all this, you know, I did get involved in the far right. This was all stuff that happened before I got involved. Uh, I would say it was on the fringes of whether I was getting involved, whether I was sort of having these far right discussions and talking to, uh, you know, a friend of mine who was in the same class as me, who was involved, you know, all this was going on well, I was still having these discussions before I got involved in any far right forums and things like that. Um, and obviously, you know, if you want to find out what happened uh, after I got involved in those forums and how that had an effect on our relationship, please do go and check out Sarah's podcast. It's a very shameless plug there to her podcast. Um, but ultimately, things can be fixed. You know, uh, relationships can be fixed. Um, after I left the far right and, uh, you know, I broke away, uh, my and mum's relationship did get better. Uh, it did take a little bit of a while. Uh, you know, again, I sort of... <sighs> I sort of came home a lot more very quickly, you know, I stopped spending so much time at my grandparents' house and I came home and, um, if I'm honest with you, for, for a while I sort of just, just almost hibernated, you know, um, I didn't really go out as much, uh, I didn't really, I didn't really do anything if I'm honest with you after I left the far right, I'd spend a lot of my time at home, sort of isolated, playing video games, but talking to my mum a little bit, like, not low to the start, just you know, just the odd sort of comment here and there, the odd sort of like passing gesture really, and those passing gestures turned into us talking, and that really happened through comedy. Now, me and my mum have the exact same comedy, we're both daft as a brush, you know, (laughs) our comedy is a little bit childish, but it's also just what we find funny. So, for example, you know, one thing that we we do laugh at a lot is, you know, um, if you look on Youth Being Framed or, uh, you know, YouTube sort of funny video parodies, if you see somebody trip up and they sort of do that arm swinging thing to, <laughs> to try and keep themselves up, I don't know what it is about it, but me and my mum find it hilarious and little jump scares and things like that, um, you know, animals doing silly things like cat funny cat videos or funny dog videos you know we find that sort of stuff hilarious and that is a big way how we reconnected you know we was both um just sat in the living room one day watching you being framed just laughing and talking about what we were seeing and it almost went to that sort of period just before i got involved in the far right before you know all this exam pressure and all that you know rubbish came in um you know that is um you know that's that's how it went back to for a little while and there was these sort of pockets in these windows where it went back to how it used to be again and then I thought sort of hibernate again and disappear for a few days and then I come back out and we'd laugh about something else and gradually that window um, grew bigger and bigger uh, and you know it would extend out and I'd come out a little bit more and talk a little bit more and it ultimately got to the stage where you know now we're we've never really had a better relationship you know uh we talk we laugh we we do all the sort of stuff that we used to and you know we we have rebuilt that great relationship again so yeah that's that's really the podcast um you know 
the male role model issue, as I mentioned, th- that put extra strain on on the mom. Um, it sort of, you know, it it does it does affect the the relationship, and it does you know sort of give reason for for those uh, far right members to recruit them. School and exam pressure it affects all kids. You know, even good, well achieving kids. You know, if they're doing their absolute best they can, and you know they're working a hundred percent, and the parents are still getting at them it can lead to the kids resenting the parents you know that exam pressure it's massive probably even bigger now than it was when i was in school um so yeah you know if, if you're listening to this and you're a parent you know give give the younger a break uh they're working really hard they're working really hard in school they're working really hard in revision um or, or even if it's the opposite even if you know they're they're, they're not doing great you know, sometimes just give them a break, give them a day to just chill out and sort of take the weight of the world off the shoulders because it'll, it'll go such a long way. <clears throat> if they're spending time away from home as well, try and set something up, you know. I know with the current climate, with the energy crisis and whatnot, not everybody has loads of money to pay for day trips and, and do this sort of stuff, but, you know, try try and do something, you know. See if you can, you know, we're rolling into summer now, hopefully when this podcast gets released anyway. If not, hopefully next summer's not too far away. Uh, but do something like, you know, have a barbecue or get some family friends around and have a few drinks, uh, you know. Do something that they'll be interested in, something that'll, that'll pique their attention, where they can come home, where you're not going to talk about school or exam pressures or anything like that, where you can just have that chat with them and, you know, get them to have a good time and get them to not think about all the worries and problems. And again, just have reassurance that things can be fixed you know things can go back to how they used to be um don't get me wrong it's not gonna be like the click of a fingers where you're gonna snap your fingers and everything will be perfect again and everything will be spot on but you know it, it can get to the stage where it, it can go back to where it used to be it just sometimes will take a little while so that's the end of the podcast guys once again thank you guys so much for listening we really really do appreciate it um, if you're listening to this and you are a far right member and you can sort of relate to some of the things that I said, um, please reach out to us. You know, over at Exit Hate, there's no judgment, just support. You'll get in contact with somebody like me who's a former far right member that has been in the same, if not very similar, shoes to yourself. So don't be afraid, reach out to us. Um, with us, there's no judgment, just support. You can reach out to us via our website, via social media or by giving us a call on 0800-999-1945. Once again, thank you all for listening. Please do check out our other podcasts, which you can find over on our Spotify, and I will catch you in the next podcast.